Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of November 8th, 2022, and episode number 534. And this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com. Yes, November 8th, today is, um, I don't know, what do they call it, general election or midterms here in the United States, so hopefully you got out and voted, made your voice heard, and uh, not just ranted and raved on Twitter or po posted a bunch of memes on Facebook. That's not going to do anything. Trust me, it's not going to do anything. Get out there and vote. That's that's what it's for. Make some changes. And uh, I don't know. We I don't know. Uh, I don't think the two party systems working out anymore. <laughs> We need three parties. That's what I think. Anyway, you didn't come here for the politics, and I always promised myself I would never get into politics on the show. Um, but uh, I've studied politics for years. Not that I'm an expert, but uh, because I got into law enforcement, so you kind of have to study all that stuff. But anyway, you come about my history. You came about the news. And uh, now that we're past Halloween, which was, uh, you know, it's always the peak season for eh, mostly ghost stuff. But uh, all the strange and zany stuff is always all year round. So it's um, never ends. But you'll see, uh, you kind of see it just with the change of weather, you see kind of a change in the news as well. And I think... It's it's strange because once uh, it's cold or you know it's spring and it's rainy, uh, there's a lot of people are paying attention to uh, a lot of online stuff, a lot of videos or stories that are being shared from other parts of the world. But then when the weather's nice, everyone's out and you see a lot more stuff. So I don't know, it just kind of fluctuates. But we'll see. Hopefully, uh, in this last. Well, a month and a half, I guess, uh, to go because we'll spend the last couple of weeks of December talking about the year that was 2022. I can't believe I'm already thinking about it. Gosh, I, I better start getting that going. The top 10. It's going to be in the top 10. Maybe something that we'll talk about tonight or maybe not. Who knows? And tonight we've got uh, I don't see any cryptid news on the the list here tonight on the docket so we're going to jump into ufo news there's a lot of ufo news tonight as uh, there's a lot going on in that area and we're going to hear a lot more coming up pretty soon i don't know if it's politically driven but it seems like uh it got into high gear right before the elections i, I don't know why it, we're going to use this as a, a political thing or not, I don't know, but uh, it seems like we're due for some for some more big news out of the UFO area. But uh, the big news this week, 
is that uh, U.S. intelligence agencies were due to give an initial report on UFOs or what they call UAPs now. we got to get away from the UFO thing. Uh, back on Halloween, they met. Uh, it was a closed-door session and uh, included classified reports. That's why it was closed-door, uh, as well as unclassified reports, which the uh, latter will be included in an online report later this week. Still waiting. Was kind of hoping it would... Um, actually last week but i still haven't heard anything it's been over a week so i'm not sure what's going on uh with that uh, but according to brian bender who is the senior national correspondent for politic politico uh we're supposed to get something but i haven't seen anything uh friday october 28th the new york times reported on what it said was classified information from the report giving a headline stating quote Many military UFO reports are just foreign spying or airborne trash, unquote. Um, not the most promising headline, and who knows where they're getting their information from. Uh, it's led to many other headlines pretty much regurgitating the same thing, and it's led to many to believe that the government agencies are poised to dismiss the entire phenomenon, just as they did with Project Blue Book and the Condon Report. Well, of course, there's also others. Uh, seems like it's stirring up now that are shouting cover up that the government knows a lot more than what they're saying. And they're just going to uh, sidestep anything. And uh, just not even talk about it. Uh, the latest report will be an update to the June 2021 report that was uh, a pretty lackluster it was only a few pages long, uh, not a whole lot of information, a few numbers that were interesting, uh, but not a whole lot of detail. And nobody was really impressed by it. Um, just uh, n n no meat. No meat at all. Just, just potatoes. Uh, it seems, though, that the classified information may get in the way of painting the picture of what the government actually knows. While many people have always felt the U.S. government is covering up what it knows about UFOs, uh, I think it's apparent, and I've said this uh, I don't know how many times, uh, they actually don't know anything about them at all, especially based on their initial confusion about evidence, such as the gimbal, go-fast, and tic-tac sightings that were thought of as completely unexplainable when they first saw the uh, public eye, or I guess the public eye saw it, eh, however that works, and have now been identified as explained. So they pretty much, those three were so magical and mystical and breaking the laws of physics and everyone commenting about how there's no way you could explain it. But now just uh, a little while later, well, they're explained. So w what's really going on here? Do they really know what they're looking at? As far as this evidence is concerned, and I used air quotes around evidence. Uh, so if they're talking about spies and drones, I don't know if that's uh, the classified piece. And of course, you'd think that if they do have information on uh, foreign drones being in our airspace, that's probably going to be classified. They're probably not really going to elaborate on that very much. And, you know, the old tactic was to... 
uh, originally, you know, 1947, when all this stuff really kind of took off, was to uh, say one thing to get you looking in that direction while something else was happening over here. No, over there. Where is it happening? We don't know. And so they use the UFO thing, uh, UFO thing, uh, the explanation back at Roswell to make us all look in that direction. Uh, but it ended up being a little bit more popular than what they thought. Got a lot more attention than what they really wanted to get. Uh, wasn't immediately dismissed. Uh, so they, uh, they actually came out and told the truth. It was a, a weather balloon, but uh, I know a lot of people don't believe that, but was pretty top secret weather balloon at the time that they really couldn't talk about. Uh, but they inadvertently created more attention. So I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of attention on this and other countries are following suit and talking about their UFO reports or UAP reports. So I don't know if we really want to stir the pot. Uh, this could be a, uh, international incident. If we start pointing fingers about drones and airspace, uh, if that stuff's already known between our government and other governments, I don't know if that's a good idea to really uh, throw that in the public eye and get people stirred up. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe we'll keep pointing the finger in the UFO direction or get people to argue about this, which seems like there's a lot going on, a lot of discussion, a lot of argument over whether or not these are explainable, what the government knows about UFOs or UAPs, whether or not they're flying around. But I don't know. I don't know if it's a spin. I'm just trying to keep us occupied uh, on this while other things are happening. Um, I, I don't know. We'll keep finding out. I, I don't think we're really going to get anything miraculous out of this report. But we'll see. Um, and I'm surprised that they would make any sort of comment about the potential for techno uh, technological spying. Again, occurring in our skies or over our soil. I mean, yeah, that could just totally open up Pandora's box. It just could be a really bad situation. So I don't know uh, what they really have on that. If there's really a lot of evidence pointing in that direction. And uh, again, it's supposed to be disseminated to the general public. I really haven't heard much um, in the way of... Um, any information coming out about that? Maybe I missed it, but I didn't see anything. And all the speculation and downplaying of any potential release of anything exciting uh, doesn't seem like there's a whole lot to look forward to. I don't think there's going to be a big splash, a big reveal. Uh, probably just more depressing headlines about the lack of information or the lack of knowledge. And, of course, a whole bunch of people saying they're not revealing everything they know. Um, I'm sure there'll be the, the familiar cast of characters who have, are making their living making money off of these UFO stories that'll come out, uh, come out of the woodwork after headlines pretty much downplay or dismiss these reports. But uh, there's a whole lot more going on than what we know for, from these reports. I mean, we've got those three big examples, again, the gimbal, go fast and, and tic tac sightings, but what about a lot all the other ones? They can't all be top secret. And what about the top secret ones? What can we know? What can we what kind of information can we get? What is the unknown thing that's happening that uh, we're not being told? That's really all I want to know. And if it is something that's a threat to national security, uh, 
I mean, yeah, it would cause panic, but at the same time, shouldn't we ought to know? I mean, what what's the worst that could happen? And that kind of is a segue to the second story tonight. Uh, of the many questions surrounding the possibility of UFOs and aliens, is what would happen if information was released that aliens did in fact exist? Uh, of course, there's you know when you think you know, that statement or that question, uh, there's a lot of factors that play in. There's a lot of you can play if, but, and what if. Uh, with with all that information, you can add a lot of information to it, or uh, or not. You know, do they have bodies somewhere? Do we have uh, technology? Do we have a, a crashed spacecraft? Uh, do we not have the keys to start it up? Or are we already reverse engineered this thing? We're we flying them around now. Uh, is there other technology on board that we're utilizing, like lasers or uh, fiber optic cables or stuff like that that we've that we've uh, reverse engineered? A lot of questions, a lot of factors. Uh, are the aliens alive or dead? Are we uh, communicating with them? Are we trading data and information? A lot of things we could talk about or you know, play around with, but let's just say that the uh, U.S. government lets it slip that they have some alien bodies. They said they're in a morgue or something, but they've done... Of course, you know, we'll cut them open because that's what we have to do. We have to slice things open to see what they are. Maybe find a, a weakness or see what they're made of. And uh, maybe they have uh, some ships from uh, other intelligent species. We probably couldn't figure out how to fly them or do anything. But you know, again, what's the worst that could happen? Well, according to Stephen Bassett, the head of the Paradigm Research Group, which, gosh, it's been a while since we talked about him and them, uh, would essentially, to uh, describe it, um, I guess, uh, untactfully, he says uh, it's it would cause the global economy to collapse. You know, just, just collapse, completely collapse. It's done. We're over. We'll all be living in uh, tents in our backyards with no power, no water, no jobs, apparently. Everything collapsed. So uh, start buying some seeds, I guess, and growing your own food. I don't think it's that going to be uh, that big, but... Uh, it may sound a little preposterous, but Bassett states that the uh, release of information that aliens are real, along with the fact that their technology uh, would probably not operate on conventional fuels, could lead to impacts in global financial networks, which I kind of thought about that. And, you know, we're already making the shift uh, away from fossil fuels trying to go electric which uh, sounds good in theory but uh, the reality of it is i think we're going to end up burning more fossil fuels by doing that anyway so i don't it's a little little of this to get a little of that and i don't think it's really going to solve anything it's just going to create a whole set of other problems but that's just um that's just my opinion and I don't see how conventional fuels would uh, 
you know, impact the global financial network in a negative way. But of course, uh, that fear, that panic, the general uh, public uh, with that uh, initial information, I'm sure, is going to have some impacts in some small markets and the technological aspects might lead to other impacts on a financial level. Um, but, you know, if we don't have the information, we don't have to, um, to use that technology and what's, why would people get all upset about it? It's, I don't understand. Um, but I don't know. I think it's a little fear mongering on his part because it gets attention. Of course he had a, about a dozen articles written about his uh, statement. So, and he got his point out because people wrote about it. Uh, he admits this is a high possibility that he's uh, still pushing for full disclosure. So he he thinks that by getting disclosure, it's going to ruin the global economy. But he still wants disclosure. It's kind of odd. Why would you want to? I mean, does that mean he wants to ruin the global economy on purpose? That seems kind of stupid, but uh, I'm not sure. I, mean, I doubt it would have a large-scale impact, personally. Uh, I think it would have a, a bigger impact on uh, probably religious institutions, although I, it seems like uh, some of them have already adapted to the potential for this. I'm already talking about aliens and, and things. So it as time goes by, I think it's been being dummied down uh, especially by our culture of the acceptance of uh, aliens and pretty much um, almost every movie that's really popular some sort of alien type theme to them i mean you look at the marvel cinematic universe you got the uh, avatar 2 coming out pretty soon uh, the original avatar the highest grossing movie of all time it used to be titanic which based on a real story some believe. Yeah, it was real. So I, I don't know what what he wants. If you want disclosure, but you know it's going to collapse the global economy, why why would you keep pushing for it? Um, but uh, uh, Bassett believes that the economy would have also would have new opportunities for development after that initial shock. So I don't know. He sounds like he's talking out, uh, out both sides of his mouth there, but uh, I do think it would, uh, you know, people would be a little fearful. They'd be scared. Of course, anything change or the unknown really scares people. And uh, we'll get over it, though. I think once we adapt to it, and again, uh, this isn't uh, the 1920s. This is 2020. So in the 1920s, I think we we've been very fearful. Uh, but now we got jets, we fly all over the planet, we're launching stuff into space, we're going to the moon again, yes, again. And, you know, we're, we're conquering space little by little. Obviously, we're, we'd be outweighed if, if a alien civilization were to reach out to us and knock on our door and say, hello, um, we're here to make you into batteries. Of course, that would cause a lot of panic, but you're going to have that contingent of people that uh, would take that aggressive stance that the aliens are here to take over. Uh, they're going to drain all of our oil, 
drain all of our water and uh, fly away and leave us uh, with a barren landscape or enslave us and use us as workers or batteries like the Matrix. It would be funny if there were robots. Or a uh, really strange thing. Some scientists said that um, they'd be more interested in ants than humans. They're more interesting. It would be funny if they, you know, they came here for the birds or the ants and just didn't even look at us. Or maybe we just get stuck in zoos. Wouldn't that be ironic? Um, but again, I, I think it's highly unlikely that the U.S. government is in possession of anything from another intelligent species or that we have proof of aliens. I mean, you look at these videos, you look at this, the, the confusion that's going on with, with simple videos of technology that we, or I should say they, have invented. They don't even understand their own infrared imaging systems or what they're looking at. Well, that tells you all you need to know about the government. I don't even know how their own technology works. Or I should say works against them. But uh, we'll see. We shall see what, uh, what uh, comes from these reports. It comes from the questions. And you know, if we have people marching on Washington for more information, for disclosure, we'll see what they say. So far, we haven't really ever heard we don't really know anything or we do know something but we can't tell you kind of scenarios. So uh, sit tight. I don't think we'll hear anything soon, but if the uh, the pot keeps stirring, and it sounds like the government has finally taken this stuff pretty seriously, so even if they do downplay it now, just keep giving it some time. I know a lot of us have been waiting a long time, but all I can say is hang in there, but we'll maybe see something forming, maybe even this year. It'll give us a little bit more insight into what they actually know or what they don't know. And just you got to keep uh, watching for reports and see if what new information comes out, new sightings that come out. Of course, sightings are happening all the time and being documented constantly. And of course, one of the largest organizations that does that is MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. They're constantly taking. Uh, reports from you and I and everyone else and disseminating them, sometimes investigating them, of course, documenting them, uploading them to their case management system. And of course, if you're a member, you can read all that. But if you're not, well, I'm not. You can uh, show up here once a month when I do talk about, as long as I get the information, the Citing statistics for the month. And of course, today is uh, November 8th. And they usually release their information the first few days of the month for the previous month. So this week, we do have the MUFON, Mutual UFO Network, October citing statistics. And it's been an interesting few months for MUFON and their citing statistics. Strange, and I, I can't figure out What's caused the boom 
in signings the last couple of months. Uh, back in August of this year, there was 934 total sightings with 744 of those in the United States. So this was the highest number of sightings since April of 2020. Remember then? We're all locked inside, scared for our lives, afraid to go shopping, uh, afraid to be in a room with somebody that we didn't live with. Different times. Now we're all back to normal, I think. I'm not sure. Still not sure. Uh, Last month, we saw the second highest total of reports of 2022 with 786 worldwide reports and 660 here in the United States. So what are we going to see? Are we going to see another increase or is it going to decrease or maybe be in between? But uh, usually, uh, October, actually, even though it's uh, you know, Halloween and uh, people are always looking at the moon and stuff, which uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw the uh, eclipse this morning. I saw for about seven seconds as I was driving away from my house before the clouds swallowed it up. Uh, worked late last night, so I didn't have time to um, get out and observe early this morning. It was just luck of the draw with the schedule, but a uh, very beautiful eclipse, total eclipse of the orange. The moon was like a dark orange. Look really nice. Anyway, uh, October for MUFON represents another surge for sighting reports, which now becomes the second high or second highest number of the year. So it wedges its way into number two. For October and uh, of the last two and a half years, as MUFON has posted a total of 826 worldwide reports for October. So again, um, 934 back in August and 786 in September. So we're jumping back up a little bit in between those two numbers, which is kind of Unexpected, my opinion. I didn't see that coming. With uh, 826. So the United States had the most reports with 643. Which is uh, higher than the total sightings reported for the first seven months of the year. That's a lot of sightings, but it seems like it's a little less uh, percentage-wise than normal, but that's okay. Uh, Canada was second with 42 sightings. The United Kingdom had 40. France turned in 19. S'il vous plaît. Uh, Australia had 11. What did I say please for? I I don't know. Uh, South Africa had 7. Brazil and India had 6 each. And Germany and Greece had 4 reports each. Portugal, Mexico, and the Netherlands had three reports each in the Dominican Republic, Indonesia, Belgium, Japan, Romania, Ireland, and Spain had two reports. And I'm not naming all these. Another 21 countries turned in just one report to move on in the month of October. Thanks for participating. 
but again, those reports may not have necessarily been from that month or even from this year. They could have been historical reports. So who knows? And, you know, MUFON isn't, I mean, gosh, you, you think about MUFON here in the United States, it's not really advertised that much. You know, if I didn't talk about it here on the show, or you didn't stumble across the occasional uh, story about them, a very occasional story, you might not even know if they're still around. Uh, they do a really poor job at really getting their name out there. Just got to say, I don't know what they're doing. Don't know what they're doing. Uh, looking at the 643 U.S. sightings for uh, last month, uh, breaking that down, we see the California is not number one. Holy cow. Well, actually, they are, but they're not. They are, but they're not. Uh, they're actually tied with Florida in first place with 65 sightings each. It's been a long time since California has been knocked out. I think it was Florida last time that took first place. The last time we've seen that, but uh, they managed to tie with 65. Uh, Texas was third with 45. Michigan had 39. Uh, Ohio, which you never like to be behind Michigan, uh, 27. New York had 24. North Carolina had 21. Arizona had 20, Tennessee had 19, Colorado 18, and Virginia and Washington, that's Washington State, had 17 each. Um, oh, maybe that was D.C. It was D.C. because Washington State, Missouri, Minnesota, and Illinois. No, I couldn't have been Washington, D.C. with 17. I screwed something up there. We'll give him 17. We'll give you 17, Washington. Congratulations. Uh, Missouri, Minnesota, and Illinois had 16 reports each. Pennsylvania had five. Georgia and Oregon had 13. Kentucky, Nevada, which is pretty surprising. Uh, Indiana and New Jersey had 11. It's surprising for Nevada because it's uh, the population is pretty low. So 11 it's kind of really pushed them up uh, pretty high in the uh, per capita. Uh, West Virginia and Wisconsin had nine reports. And Maryland and Massachusetts had eight each. Uh, let's see what else. We've got a few more here. I'll read these. South Carolina, Kansas, Idaho, and Oklahoma had seven. Iowa, Mississippi, and Louisiana had six. Connecticut, Alabama, Utah and Arkansas, sounds like a song, had five. New Hampshire had four, while Alaska and Maine had three. That's pretty high for those two states. Uh, South Dakota, Montana, Hawaii, and Vermont had two. And Delaware, Wyoming, North Dakota, Nebraska, and there it is. The District of Columbia had one report each to close it out. Thanks for for participating, D.C. Um, there's a lot of aliens running around there. I guess. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, the last three months, 
so I keep kind of track. At, we'll we'll talk about this in January uh, after the MUFON signing statistics wrap up for the year. Hopefully, I'll get that uh, those final numbers, and so we can wrap up. Well, still got November, I suppose, and December. Uh, because last year they did really a poor job at uh, releasing the statistics. So I even asked a few people uh, if they could get me those uh, numbers. And uh, a few of them said they never got released. So I only had a handful of months last year. kind of ruined it. Uh, but I still kind of did an average to see you know, what the average per month for worldwide and average per month for uh, U.S. sightings. But this year so far, we've got every month, which is fantastic. So uh, we have a, a pretty pretty good picture of what's going on. But yeah, it's been a, a really big surge lately for these sightings. And the last three months have raised the monthly average uh, to well below average to all the way up to 629 sightings on average for total sightings. Uh, it's pretty high, but it's still below the 632 and a half of 2020, which is a, was a big year. Uh, the U S sightings now have an average of 505, which is interesting uh, because it's actually the highest that I've documented since keeping track of the U S sightings back in 2016. Last year was only 455 sightings on average for each month. So we'll see how November and December do. Uh, so if they drop off, we could see, uh, you know, those numbers fall, which is kind of weird to see that. But uh, when you go year to year, there there is no pattern with uh, certain months. And December is one that's kind of all over the place. Uh, some years it's very, very low. Some years it, it seems like it's it's pretty high or even average. Uh, looking back, 2017, it was uh, way above average, but it was, it was second highest month. So you never know what you're going to get. In 2020, or I'm sorry, 2018, it was uh, one of the lowest of the year. So you, you never really know what's going to happen. I don't know what the factors are. I don't know if it's cloud cover or... Um, you know, whatever they could, uh, I don't know. It could change. So question, why can't you make up your own numbers and post them? I suppose they could, or I could, uh, but for me, I take what they give me. And I tell you, I just report the news. I don't make it. And I don't know. I've questioned it myself, whether or not they're just making up numbers, but, uh, they don't seem to really make a big deal about their numbers. You don't see too many uh, people writing articles on MUFON's sightings statistics. Sometimes they're cases, uh, but not their sighting reports. You see more of that in coming out of New Fork, the National UFO Reporting Center, which is a, a very small organization. It's like three people and a broom closet and a computer from 1986. So there's really not a whole lot of information uh, well, there's a lot of information gathered, but not, not a whole lot of uh, people involved, I should say, in investigating those cases. But they get all the attention. Dozens of articles 
written just this year on New Fork and their citing statistics. But MUFON, like nothing. So I, I don't know. Maybe they could. Uh, but if you're, again, if you're a MUFON member, you have access to the, the case files. I forget what they call that. Case management system, CMOS or CMS or whatever. And you can get in there and you can look at those actual cases. You can see uh, the pictures from a lot of these have pictures to them or the actual case report. Um, so I think a lot of them had names attached to them, dates when they were submitted. But again, it's all on the integrity of the people that are reporting that. So if people are making it up and just posting it on the website, uh, it's up to MUFON to, to take those off because that's kind of influencing the the statistics a little bit, but who knows? They could be making it up. I'm not making it up. I just, uh, I just uh, report it. I just, whatever they send me in, in my email, I talk about here. Uh, Cause I think it's important that we, we do stuff like that. You don't get to see numbers of Bigfoot reports. I mean, you, I guess you do uh, from uh, some Bigfoot organizations do, kind of talk about that every now and again, different ones in different states. And so you'll see some stats for um, Bigfoot. Of course, the BFRO, Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, is probably the main one that I've ever seen. Uh, there's a few others that do report sightings in, in different states or areas. So you, you could take all that with a grain of salt too. But it's nice to see any kind of report. You don't know what kind of validation you have behind them. And that's, again, that's the biggest difference I see from New Fork, who uh, I think they usually get probably more reports than MUFON, to be honest. But uh, they don't disseminate that. They don't break it down. And they don't uh, kick some of them out due to investigation uh, of them. So they're, MUFON's looking over these reports and seeing if there is any kind of validity to it or a, a simple explanation such as uh, Jupiter, which has been high in the sky for uh, the last few months. It's kind of chasing the moon last week. Um, I guess the moon's chasing it now through the sky. It depends on your viewpoint of it, but Jupiter rises first. The moon's behind it, so I call it as I see it. Um, but um, can I, I think that the biggest thing for me is the fact that MUFON doesn't do a very good job of organizing these sightings and these statistics because again like i said we don't know when these sightings actually happened they just were reported in this time frame so something reported in october may have happened back in 1972 for all we know uh, but we don't have any way of sorting that information I, I think even as a member i don't think there's a anything you can do to really sort that information yet uh, they talked for years about updating that so you could do things like that, but I, I've never heard them update it. Uh, but I haven't been a member in years, so I can't really speak to that anymore. But I don't know. We'll see um, how those numbers go, how they fluctuate. Do they really have any bearing on anything? Not really. Uh, but again, it's interesting that we we don't have that in the other fields with uh, – too much of that. I guess cryptids, you do have the Loch Ness Monster uh, sightings register, but again, how uh, how valid is 
valid at any of those sightings. So let's move on to ghost news. Not really ghost per se, but I thought this was kind of a funny story. And usually the kind of story I sidestep and don't want to talk about here on the show because it's very silly. But also a serious story, but gosh, it just kept popping up all over the place. So it seems like it's a um, it was a fairly popular story. It kind of fizzled out pretty quickly. Uh, so some type of spirit led to an interesting traffic stop of a Florida man. Yes, a Florida man story. Uh, one day, one day when I uh, retire from the show and I hang up the Paranormal News Insider hat. And uh, maybe my mug breaks over here, and uh, the website goes away, whatever happens. I live in Ohio, but I really would be interested in doing a Florida Man show. I think that would be very fun and informative to talk about all the Florida Man things. Uh, Anyway, uh, an SUV was observed traveling down Interstate 75 near Marion Oaks, which is about 65 miles northwest of Orlando. I've never heard of that. Been on 75 probably 50 times. Never heard of Marion Oaks. Uh, The odd thing about this uh, man traveling down 75 uh, was that he was traveling without two of his tires. So it made a little obvious. And uh, police pulled him over at about 4 a.m. on Sunday, October 23rd. And he was pulled over by the Marion County Sheriff's Office. Uh, When a deputy asked what had happened to the tires, the man responded by saying that he hit a curb a little hard, of course, uh, but also that uh, somebody had put a curse on him. And he said, uh, quote, somebody put a curse on me. That is paranormal activity, unquote. Uh, I haven't seen the video yet. Apparently there's a video out of this. uh, I love watching those police videos. I don't know why. Uh, there's a, a local one here that uh, they show stops in Ohio. There's a big, big one in Wisconsin that I've been watching for years. It's uh, really cool. But uh, they got a, a Cleveland one that I've actually seen a, a police chase that happened down the street from me, which is kind of scary. Um, the 29-year-old driver was then asked to perform sobriety tests. Imagine that. Uh, he did agree to do them but became frustrated with uh, officers as people who struggle to perform these usually do they usually get mad because they know they're caught and they weren't able to work their magic to get out of it. And so they get mad, they get frustrated and he began spitting and kicking them as well as threatening them. And he also attempted to take a deputy's taser from his holster. What was that? Don't tase me, bro. That years ago? Ah, I forget. Um, he then finished the stop by saying this is uh, where things kind of turn south. If you're not, uh, if it's not bad enough, you're trying to steal the weapon of a deputy. Um, you probably don't want to say this. And this is what he said. He said, quote, if you mess with me right now, let me tell you something. I'm going to break your head with a baseball bat. I'm going to skin you alive. Unquote. Whoops. 
There's a couple of things you don't want to say to a police officer. Uh, according to documents, the driver was arrested and charged with two counts of battery on a law enforcement officer, resisting an officer with violence, attempting to deprive an officer of means of protection or communication, corrupt by threats against public servant, and driving under the influence. Uh, that's a lot of charges. I'm sure some of those will get tossed out. Uh, but if you add it all up, uh, the sheriff's office states that the man faces up to 25 and a half years imprisonment and is currently uh, being held on a $27,000 bond. Not good. Not good. Don't, uh, don't do that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but they, they brought cops back. I think you it's uh, only streaming now. I think it's, uh, Cops is back. It's somewhere. Um, I remember them saying that. But, uh, yeah, it's not on mainstream TV anymore. Pretty cool. Let's see. How much is MUFON? How much is MUFON membership? Let's see. I think it's $30 a year. It's not, it's not a whole lot. It's not like you're investing thousands of dollars. Oh, no. It's it's more than that. Uh, basic is 5 89 a month or $59.88 a year. And with that, you get your, your official membership includes a membership card, the monthly MUFON e-journal, uh, regular email updates, and access to members-only sections of the website, which includes their um, their database. Well, I guess you could search. Yeah, they have CMS. I said you could search their database, though. I don't know if I could. Nah. Case management system, I'm locked out. Can't get in there. Maybe if I could add password. I wonder if I could get in there still. Yeah, probably not. Um, oh, there's an uh, optional add-on for $29 annually for a hard copy of the MUFON journal mailed directly to you. Uh, that's for annual members only. There's an enhanced version. You can get it up to $119 a year. You can live stream the MUFON Symposium. Ooh, that's exciting. Or you can become a VIP and pay $299.88 a year. Uh, you'll get a lot of extras with that. You'll get a, um, your membership card will come with a lanyard. You get a certificate. You can hang it on your wall in your basement. Uh, you get a MUFON hat, a MUFON house, uh, mouse pad, and you get the International Symposium Proceedings, a tumbler. Oh, oh I don't know now. Uh, a uh, MUFON stylus pen, a VIP member pen, a lapel pen. Oh, man. You'll get some stickers and all the other stuff. Well, you gotta, they got to pay the bills, I guess. So, yeah, you get all that fun stuff. That's a lot of money. I didn't realize it was that much money. 60 bucks a year? I don't think it was that much when I was paying for it. Yikes. It's a lot of money. And it looks like their case management system is still the old. It looks like the old one. Nah, can't get in there. Hmm. Well... We can hack into it. No, I shouldn't have said that on the air. Um, I guess it's still useful. It's still a 
Yeah, you can track. You can look at the last 20 reports on their website. Yeah, you got to log in and get in there. Darn it. Oh, well. Tried. Try to get in there. Um, I don't know if it's worth it. I mean, you're you're basically paying to keep the lights on. Uh, you're paying for um, the website, I guess. I don't know what else you're paying for. You're probably paying the salary for the board members or whatever they're getting. I'm sure somebody's making money. The director maybe making money? I don't know. He's in Cincinnati to go to an Ohio meeting and ask him, where's all that money going? What are we paying for? I think it's on their website, what you're paying for, um, where that money goes. Well, they are a nonprofit. Only a nonprofit, but you got to pay a, a fee. That's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, there it is. It says expanding its CMS. And when finished, it's going to provide the largest searchable, translatable database of UFO knowledge on the planet. They've been saying that for like 20 years. Yikes. Okay, anyway, moving on. From MUFON. Uh, last story of the night. I thought this was weird. Another one that... Uh, I almost sidestepped, but it was just so weird. Kind of, I don't say weird, but kind of coincidental. I keep thinking about all the stories that are related to this. And I don't remember, I don't know if you guys remember uh, many, 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 many years ago, way back when, uh, one of the top stories was the Aflocalypse. We had a part two, I think the, the, sec, the next year. Uh, the Aflacalypse was basically a series of mass animal die-offs that just seemed to be uh, very coincidental. They just seemed to keep adding up. Remember it started in BB, Arkansas, where a bunch of birds just um, died. They ran into buildings. They just collapsed. Uh, supposedly that was because of fireworks that startled the birds, and they ended up uh, just hitting each other and hitting objects and just dying. Of course, there were fish dying here and fish dying there. And of course, this took place in the Northern Hemisphere uh, in the wintertime, which, so it's normal. But it created like a worldwide panic and everyone was freaking out about it. And it just it was so weird that, that stories just kept popping up everywhere and everyone was talking about it. It was a pretty big deal. Um, kind of also remember like uh, Sky Noise was a pretty big one too where a lot of different videos. Of course, they were all pretty much most of them were fake. Um, but now we got a weird new phenomenon about colored lights in the sky. This has been a uh, kind of an ongoing thing we've seen. We've had a couple of stories even this year previously about this. Maybe this is going to make the top 10. Uh, maybe, well, it's going to make my giant list, but will it make the top 10? That's the biggest question. Uh, so you might remember a story I talked about in August about a pilot who photographed. Uh, he also took a video where kind of the, the giveaway was uh, of a strange red glow over the ocean while he was flying above the clouds. It's pretty cool looking. Uh, many people thought this might be UFOs or a connection to the upside down. That's a reference to the uh, Netflix series Stranger Things. Was that done now? 
they still doing any more of those? I didn't watch this last season. I, I don't know. Just kind of couldn't get into it again. Um, this turned out to be a nighttime fishing method for a fish that are called uh, sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, normally, you use, uh, I was always taught about green lights and white lights to lure fish to the surface. They think the sun's out, I guess. All they got sporting of you. It's kind of like feeding corn to deer. We're just blasting them. I don't think it's very sportsmanlike. Uh, later that month, again, that's back in August of this year, uh, a pinkish glow lit up the sky. Yes, lit up the sky, pun intended, uh, emphasis intended, uh, over a medicinal cannabis farm in Australia. And supposedly, they forgot to close the blinds. wonder why. Um, so that let out this bright pinkish glow into the sky. People were panicking about that, not sure what was going on, thought there was a fire, a UFO landed. In 2020, a purple glow lit up the skies over Snowflake, Arizona, which caused a bit of concern. And this, too, turned out to be a cannabis farm. And there's a, a pink glow at the end of my street from a guy who's got, he's got a little shack. I don't mean to rat him out, uh, but I'm pretty sure he's also got a personal cannabis farm. Just saying. Uh, in August of 2018, people in the United Kingdom panicked. They lost their minds, really. This was a pretty crazy thing. I remember this. Uh, there was a strange blue light that shot up from the ground. And lit up the sky, pretty much lit up the clouds. Let's, let's be, let me explain that. None of these really lit up the sky. It was just lighting up the clouds. You know, you shine a light up in the clouds, and it just kind of reflects throughout the cloud system. So that's what they saw. And then this one wasn't just stationary, it moved around. Social media was abuzz with thoughts of UFOs. Alien invasions. Uh, people didn't know what was going on. There was no nothing in the news. Nobody knew what was happening. Uh, turned out to be one of the weirdest explanations of all. Yes, even weirder than a pot farm. Uh, it was a laser-guided network rail train that was using a, a ballast tapping machine to pack the tracks to make them more durable. And the lasers... Uh, I guess we're a guidance system as well as a warning system for the people that were working. I guess if I remember correctly. Well, we're not done with the lights in the sky. We got another one that was uh, just reported uh, late October, and uh, this is another purple light, uh, more like a, a thin laser shooting up off the ground. But this one. Was seen in the skies above Sacramento, California, which is, yes, the state capital. It's not Los Angeles. It's not San Francisco. It's Sacramento, state capital. The, the light was seen above the city uh, on the evening of October 29th, and then again on Halloween night, 31st. Uh, many people reached out on social media out of concern to figure out what the purple glow was. There was a lot of confusion. A lot of people wondering what was going on. And again, UFOs, 
I think more jokingly, uh, were the main culprit. A lot of people also thought it was some sort of uh, space portal that was opening up uh, over the city. Uh, but if you uh, put two and two together, or one and one together to make two, uh, the connection between those days is actually the fact that the Sacramento Kings, or the uh, NBA team for Sacramento, uh, scored their first and second wins of the season, which were actually consecutive after going 0-4. Yikes. Uh, on September 6th, or 916 day, as it's uh, said in Sacramento, 916 is their area code, by the way. Uh, for what's uh, what I call Sacktown. That's the old trucker thing for Sacramento, Sacktown. Uh, the team announced that they would be uh, lighting up a purple beam that would be shooting up from the Golden One Center, which is the home of the uh, Sacramento Kings, uh, that is uh, made up of four lasers that shoot up into the sky. It's pretty thin doesn't look like that big, but I, apparently people were panicking. Uh, it's one way to let the fans around the city know that the Kings won a game, although it's 2022. I mean, all you do is pull out your phone. It's those little ESPN things that make the noise like Sports Center and just look up. Oh, yeah, they won. Maybe you probably make your phone glow. Maybe you should have an app that makes your phone glow purple. That would be smart. Instead of wasting all that money on a laser. Uh, similar to the Anaheim Angels. Who have a giant 230 foot structure. Shaped like an A. It's got a halo on it. That uh, that lights up. After each win. Uh, they mentioned that in one of the articles I wrote. Or I wrote. I read. Wish I wrote it. Uh, but I think the Chicago Cubs. Thinking about it. They made this popular. As they uh, raise a. Which is kind of funny. I always thought this was kind of ironic. Well, until they won the, they beat Cleveland for the World Series. Uh, they used to raise a white flag with a W on it. Why would it be white? Um, I guess it's home. So they would raise a uh, white flag with a blue W on a white flag over the stadium when the team won. They used to also raise a, a an L, a white L on a blue flag when they lost. I don't think they do that anymore. Too many flags. Uh, the Sacramento area, unfortunately, has only seen the purple laser three times this year. They got to win. It's got to win more. And of course, if you're wondering, yes, purple is uh, their main color. They also have gray and black. Got to be a hip, cool sports team with purple. I think the Colorado Rockets are the only purple team in baseball. I don't know. The Vikings still have purple. In the NFL? Sure they do. Uh, well, last night, they, yeah, it looks like they lost to the uh, Golden State Warriors. And they're going to be taking on my hometown team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, tomorrow night in California. So keep your eyes peeled above the skies in Sacktown for that purple light. And hopefully they can win. We'll see if they pull it off. But um, in the meantime, uh, tonight... Keep your eyes in the skies, but uh, I will see you next week. Keep your eyes in the skies again.
and uh, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind at least slightly ajar. Come on, we got to believe something or fall for everything. Above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting. <laughs>